Welcome back. Richard, today is one of our, I think, one of our favorite topics. Um, one of the it most, is, indeed. One of the most controversial uh, topics, especially in the, in the geographic region that we live in. Um, but a, a, a hot topic, an important topic um, that we talk about often, um, as, at least in therapy mm -hmm. sessions and parenting sessions that we, we do. Um, we're going to talk about the, the topic of spanking today. Right. Um, right. And, you know, every time we talk about spanking, it always makes me think of this time. Um, my goodness, it's probably been um, eight years ago or so when we were invited to do a presentation about our book at a, at a local church. And um, mm. we were getting it all set up and everything and, and everything was going well. And then right at the one of the last things that the person asked me as we were setting it up um, on the phone, she asked me um, now you're not going to tell the congregation, you're not going to tell them that they can't spank, are you? And it, it introduced an interesting conversation um, because spanking is a, um, in many ways, it's a cultural thing. In many ways, it's a, um, it, it's just a handed down, you know, parent after parent after parent, um, right. managed behavior. Right. It's a, a cultural uh, thing, you know, my parents spanked me and I'm okay. You know, that's usually what we hear. Yeah. Um, and so, but, but spanking is not just a problem. And I, and I mean problem. Spanking is not just a problem in this country. It's a problem worldwide. Right. Um, UNICEF and other uh, international organizations have um, investigated this thing for many, many years now, many decades. Right. And, um, Worldwide, it's a problem, you know, um, protecting children from abuse. And, and again, we're, we're, we're not talking about, we're not talking about abuse, but we're talking about how do you avoid abuse if you allow spanking, you know, is, is it okay? Can spanking, can spanking ever be okay? Right. And if you read, if you read the articles by advocates of spanking, um, including thought, I mean, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about parents who are arguing, I'm talking about thoughtful people, um, other professionals who, who believe in spanking. Um, their arguments are very, very, very um, delicate. You know, how do you, how do you draw the line between um, spanking as a, an acceptable form of discipline and spanking that's done out of anger? And it's very difficult to parse that. And so, um, you know, even when you, even when you argue for spanking, it's, it, it is becoming a more and more difficult argument to make. Absolutely. And, and the reason that we're talking about it today um, is because perhaps there's some new evidence to make that, um, that, that argument, you know, the argument for spanking to make that even more difficult. And, mm -hmm. and you know, there was a recent article published in the Lancet that we're going to talk about today. Um, with, with some interesting findings that, that in fact, spanking may make uh, behavior worse. Yeah, not, not, we used to, argue, years ago, we would argue that spanking wasn't really effective. Right. You know, that was the argument that many of us, well, in addition to hurting another person, because right. that's what spanking is intended to do, in addition to the physical pain that it causes both the child and the parent, um, we we would make the argument that it really isn't. There are other things you can do that would be more effective. Right. If you want to change a person's behavior, there are many other ways to do it, and there and there were probably more effective ways than spanking. Um, but today, with this recent article in the Lancet, 
um, spanking is not only less effective, it might actually make things worse. Right. And so that's another, another layer uh, to think about. Absolutely. And, and, you know, as, as we go into this discussion, I think that it's important to say, and, and I'll just speak for myself and you can, you can um, comment on how you, how you wish. Um, I, I was spanked growing up. Um, and um, I've never been one to say, well, I was spanked when I grew up and I turned out okay. So, you know, I've never been gone that far. However, um, I, I will admit that there were times when my kids were much younger there were times that I had spanked them. Um, there, it was just a, a handful of times. Um, I didn't, um, it didn't happen many times, um, but uh, certainly not nearly as many times as it happened to me. Um, but, um, but, but it, it did happen. And yes, then you start figuring out, okay, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And then you shift away from that, that mode of, of discipline. Um, but, but go into this knowing, recognizing that, I've done this, uh, you know, I've spanked and it didn't really have any more of an effect from my experience than anything else that I tried. Right. So, yeah. And you learn that over time because if you're spanking a child more than once, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things we used to say is um, uh, when I was in um, school, paddling was allowed. It's still allowed in 19 States. Schools are still allowed to use corporal punishment, but it was the same four or five boys right. who were paddled. You know, it's like, it's like not, not, a, I mean, it was only a handful of boys. Right. None of the girls were paddled. It was only a handful of boys, but it was the same, it was the same four or five boys right. who got paddled repeatedly, which logically you say, well, if I have to keep paddling, maybe if I have to keep paddling the same people, it's not working. For the same, for the same things. And it's the same thing that we do with, with suspending, right? It's, it's typically the same kids that are suspended repeatedly. So right. obviously suspending them from school isn't effective. Right. Um, you have a handful of kids who were suspended and they're the same kids. Every time. Year after year, yeah. they have the same kids, right? So the first thing we, the first question we ask is, what's <laughs> a funny question. Who invented spanking? It's like, it's like a, it's like a, um, a Pop-Tart, you know, who invented the Pop-Tart? Well, who invented spanking? We have no idea. Spanking has been around in, uh, it goes back to prehistory, you know, uh, before we had writing. Um, and so there are biblical references to it. There are references from ancient Egypt, China, India, even pre-Columbian America. Um, go back to ancient um, Greek, Greece and Rome. And there are references to uh, parents using some type of corporal punishment with their children. Mm -hmm. So it seems like it's always been around. Um, so then the first thing we have to do is, is we have to justify punishment. Okay? Right. And typically what you hear from parents who, who believe in, in uh, corporal punishment is, well, we have to have consequences. Right. And you and I have been through this. We, we walked through this very slowly when we were writing the handbook. Right. You know, what, 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 Okay, we all agree that we have to have consequences, but what are your consequences meant to accomplish? Right, right. And what we do is that, well, you know, the military and the military uses punishment, uh, sports teams, you know, coaches have to use, they use uh, running laps and doing push ups and different kinds of things. Um, but in those institutions, you need to have absolute discipline. Right. If you're in the military, the goal is, if you're given an order, you have to obey it. 
Right. There's no, there's no, um, there's no individuality in no. those areas, in, in those, in those areas. They, they, the expectation is that you're going to conform and you're going to be just like we are telling you to be. That's and, right. And it's different at home. Right. Even in the military. Yeah. You know, we have an all volunteer army. But in those institutions where you need, take a football team, for example, or a baseball team. You know, if, if, if a football player decides he doesn't want to do his assignment, right. the whole thing is going to break down. Okay. Right. Um, so that's a very different structure than home because most homes and I would say most schools right. are not military units and they're not athletic teams. Okay? Right. So, so whatever we do there has to be a little bit different than what we do in a, in a sports team or in the military. So because homes and schools are neither, now we ask the question, what do you want your punishment to do? What do you want your consequences to right. do? Are you just at, and, and you have to think, parents and teachers have to think about that. Are you developing consequences just to get obedience? Is that what you're after? Are you after um, adherence? Uh, you know, we hear parents, uh, we frequently will hear parents and teachers say, well, he doesn't go to bed on time or he doesn't do his chores or he doesn't do his chores properly. Okay. So you're not following the rules. Okay. Is that, are you, are you, do you have consequences for that? Or are you trying to get respect? Are you going to, are you going to have consequences to get respect? Um, or are, are you going to have consequences to, as the price that your children or your students pay for making a mistake? Right. You know, you may, it spilled your milk or you broke a window or you wrecked the car is the consequence meant to, um, to exact some price that you never do it again. So the yeah. first question you ask, what is your purpose in having consequences? Right. And I, I think that, I think that another important difference between that we, that we need to, to make with these is, you know, we talk about physical punishment, physical mm -hmm. consequences being present in the military and in sports teams and things like that. But you, you, you used the word just a moment ago, and you, you, you used it very quickly um, because you were talking about something I had, I had mentioned. But I think that it's a key to why, this, why homes and schools are different. And that is that military and sports teams are voluntary. If you go into the military and you don't like the way that they're treating you, you can get out of the military. If you, right. go, if you join a sports team and you don't like the way they're treating you, you can quit a sports team. You can't quit your home. You can't quit school. Um, so to, voluntary, right? you're there involuntarily for the most part, right? right. If, we wanna, if we wanna use those kinds of right. difficult That's words. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, that does make it very different. You know, right. what, what would happen if you were at work? Um, you know, parents like to use these kinds of things. Well, you know, I gotta teach him for the real world. What would happen if you were at work and you made a mistake and your boss spanked you? That would be a very different, right? That not only would that be a lawsuit, um, um, but it would, yeah, we would never, we would never allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. But then we do that with kids. Yeah, we, we would dream. You spank another adult, and you're going to end up in jail. Right. You spank a child, and you're patted on the back. Right. Um, so, so first of all, we have to think about why, why, why do you have we have the argument of 
we have to have consequences. And we think of punishment as consequences. So then we move to the specific issue of physical punishment. Right. Okay? And physical punishment would be everything from a mild um, tap on the hand. No, don't do that. Like you see parents do with kids or teachers, you know, sometimes will do that. Um, and so we have everything from a mild tap to execution. Okay, it runs a whole gamut. Okay, so, so when we talk about physical punishment, there's a social role that it plays. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have to have obedience. Right. Okay? Um, so we use physical punishment to get obedience. And all you have to do is think about the history of slavery or the history of military. Uh, the word decimate, you know, was used um, in the Roman legions. Okay, uh, to to have discipline, to get obedience, and decimate was you would kill every tenth soldier just to show them that you mean business. And so one one reason for physical punishment is obedience. Another is deterrence. Right. In our country, we have capital punishment. We still have the death one of the few industrialized nations that still has a death penalty, and we believe that it's important uh, to deter people from committing crimes or for repayment for committing a crime where your, right. your crime was so heinous that we have to ex- we have to kill you. Okay. Right. And I think that those, I think deterrence and repayment are, um, are very commonly used. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, parents will, parents will even say, you know, yes, obedience is a very common reason why parents use spanking, but mm-hmm. deterrence is also there because they say, well, you know, I got to let him know that this is what's going to happen if he does that again. You know, and, and others who are watching, you know, other criminals who, you know, look what we're going to do to this guy. But crime rates continue. They're either level or they're increasing. And so, it, you know, is it working? And the last is intolerance. Um, you are so bad that we can no longer have you among us. You know, you're, you're so horrific that we have to take you off the planet. Right. You know, we have to get rid of you altogether because we can't have you. So we're going we're gonna to try to incarcerate you to keep you apart from us. And right. if that doesn't work, then we'll execute you. So that's the final way of removing you from our presence. Okay? Right. So those are the social roles that, that punishment can play. Um, also, punishment, physical punishment, is sort of location-specific. Right. Um, um, in institutional settings, for many, many years, it was possible to use physical punishment. And we have the very set. We had a case in Florida, the Dozier School for Boys, where um, kids were probably literally beaten to death, um, punished to death. Um, and now we're hearing about the um, Native American schools in Canada, where they're uncovering mass graves. I mean, these are tragic um, episodes of, of um, physical punishment gone awry. Um, so in institutional settings, it's a lot easier. In schools, um, 19 of, of our states, 19 of 50 states, still allow some form of corporal punishment. Right. Um, and it's funny because the, the objects we use for physical punishment, I always, always get a kick out of this. Um, with um, slaves, if you damaged a slave, you reduced the slave's value. Mm-hmm. And so a slave that was marked by being whipped or beaten um, would reduce the slave value. So they were constantly searching for physical punishments that would not leave permanent marks. And that's why they started using straps instead of whips um, and, and uh, paddles, you know, the, the other objects. And the reason paddles were first used was 
to prevent the sting in the hand of the paddler. <laughs> so right. we, I don't want to hurt my hand. I don't want my hand to sting. So I'll use some other object and hence we have, uh, we introduce paddles. And so um, corporal punishment is still allowed um, in states and um, spanking in all, fifth, in all states, uh, parents, I know in this state, parents are allowed to use physical punishment. Sure. Um, and some parents believe it's, it's their obligation to use physical punishment. And there's not a clear line between when it's spanking and when it's abuse. Right. There's, there's, not a, there's not a clear line there. And that, that creates problems, mm-hmm. um, not, not just for the parent to know what's allowable and not allowable, but, but also for the system, the legal system to know, okay, that, that's where you cross the line. Um, and so, yeah, th- that makes it, that makes it really difficult. Um, so in this study that we're going to talk about, there's a, it was a, a recent study about spanking published in the Lancet, uh, which is a very highly reputable, um, journal that, um, that publishes, uh, articles of all kinds. Um, they, they, they're not specific to, you know, one particular discipline, but, um, and this uh, Gershoff, um, right. Elizabeth Gershoff yeah. is the author. Um, and she's been looking at this, looking at spanking for 15 years. So she's right. you know, <clears throat> an ex- expert. Um, she's certainly among them. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. Um, she's been doing this a long time. And what she did in this study, and it's an international group. The other thing about this study is that it's an international group of scholars all specialists in this area. Um, and they um, reviewed 69 studies um, of, of, that address this issue of spanking and, um, and published it in, the, in, the, um, in a recent issue of The Lancet, which is a, a British um, medical journal, been around for, oh my gosh, hundreds of years. Yeah, it's been around a long time. Yeah, been around a long time. Um, And so the main finding of their analysis, because what they wanted to do was go through all these studies and say, okay, let's let's take another look at spanking. Because most, I think most professionals, I think it's safe to say that most professionals, child psychologists, pediatricians, um, are opposed to uh, corporal punishment and in institutional settings and uh, spanking in, uh, in homes. Right. And so um, the main finding in the study is they say, unfortunate, and I'm quoting from the article, unfortunately for parents who hit, our research found clear and compelling evidence that physical punishment does not improve children's behavior and instead makes it worse. Right. And I think the key finding here is instead makes it worse. Right. Okay. Um, so it, physical punishment continues to be seen as a violence that harms children. When we talk about, you, you mentioned a minute ago, if, if a boss spanked an adult worker, mm-hmm. there would be a lawsuit. Right. Okay? This is violence against another person. When you're hitting another person, it's violence against another person. Right. And so physical punishment is seen as violence that harms children. Right. The narrative, re- this, their review summarizes these, these studies and it, and it takes studies that are longitudinal. Right. And, and, and I think that's the other important key here is what they did is they studied kids across time. 
Yeah, I think that that's an important piece. We have to talk about the methodology just a little bit because, you know, oftentimes when we talk about studies, you know, many times they're surveys or they are, you know, sort of snapshots in time. And what what they did was they looked at studies, um, about 69 um, studies that um, that were longitudinal in nature. So that means that they they began when a kid was a particular age and monitored that each child over a long period of time to right. see what changed and what happened. And, and there's some really, you know, massive longitudinal studies that are ongoing and will forever be ongoing for the most part. Um, they, they are renewed every year um, and they start at birth and parents can enroll their themselves and their kids mm-hmm. into these studies. But um, when you look at some of these, studies, they're, they're really challenging to do. Um, but they, they decide at the beginning, you know, what, what characteristics, what um, data they want to collect, and they collect them over a period of years. Mm-hmm. And with, with these um, studies that, they're, that they reviewed for this article, um, these were all studies that they looked over a period of time to see what um, effect or what relationship there is between parents who spank their kids and their, those kids' behaviors. And how they turn out right. when, 10 years later. Okay? Right. Longitudinal research is very, very difficult to do. Yeah. It's very time consuming, it's very expensive. People drop out of the study, um, again, researchers, yeah. right? And so I'm always impressed when I see a longitudinal study because that means somebody has dedicated years and years and years of work. And when you do those longitudinal studies, you're actually studying the same person over time. So it's not, and that's the best way to answer these questions, okay, um, is by longitudinal study because you have kids who were treated a certain way at age two, and now you're looking at them at age 15. Right. Very helpful. Right, because if you think about it the other way around, if you just assess them at 15, you could say, okay, what were you spanked as a child? Yes, and here's your behavior now, okay. But you don't know what that person's behavior was like when they were six. That's right. You rely, right? You rely on memory, mm-hmm. right? And their behavior could have been very different at that age. They could have, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, looking at them over time, you can see how the child's behavior changes over time, mm-hmm. and you can see some how it relates to some of these other variables like spanking or right. And conversely, you can take a teenager who's very aggressive. And you ask that teenager about, you know, let's say the parents aren't around anymore. And you ask that teenager, well, were you spanked as a child? And again, you're relying on that child's report and that child's report may not be accurate. Right. Whereas if you're studying that child and you know what happened at three, and then you see that child at 15, you can make a better correlation. It may not be completely accurate. It's going to be more accurate. Right. And so I'm impressed that they use 69 longitudinal studies. That, that's an enormous amount of probably high quality research information, okay? So um, now the other thing, just to clarify, is they deleted studies of, um, that, that um, included what we, would, what we would consider abuse, okay? Hitting, punching, slapping in the face, um, hitting with a fist, okay, that, that's different than spanking. Um, washing a child's mouth out with soap, um, uh, physical, uh, throwing the child onto the floor, uh, burning, um, threatening uh, with a gun. And as, as incredible as that seems, that there are parents who threaten right. with lethal objects. 
So the, all of those studies were deleted. So we're only talking about spanking, which is another um, very good decision in this study is right. they've, they've gotten rid of all that stuff. So we're just talking about what most people would consider acceptable spanking. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so in addition to that, the main finding that mm -hmm. doesn't, not only is it not helpful, but it could make things worse. Right. There were, there were seven other sort of themes to the study, uh, themes to the um, review that they provided. And, right. and the first one is that um, physical punishment pretty consistently can predict um, increases in the child's behavior problems. Um, right. and, and this is over time. So, you know, what we've talked about before is that many times parents use spanking because it has an immediate effect. Um, if the child is doing something you don't want him or her to do and you spank that child, typically that behavior stops in the immediate. Right. But what, you know, again, one of the themes of the study is that over time, though, the child's behavior problems increase. They, they happen more frequently. They may stop in the immediacy of the spanking, but as far as things like antisocial behavior, disruptive behaviors at school and things like that being argumentative and oppositional and those kinds of things, those behaviors continue, not just continue, but they increase um, right. over time. <clears throat> so, right. so we have to, we're not really good in this country with the idea of prevention we, we tend to be very reactive, um, mm -hmm. which, which is exactly what spanking is. Spanking is reactive, but we don't always think about what happens in the long term. Um, and and this, is a, this is a great finding of the study. Right. That's right. Um, the, actually, the first and second findings are sort of comparable in that the first finding says, if you spank, there's a greater likelihood that that's going to result in increased temper tantrums, oppositional behavior, argumentative behavior, yeah. uh, or disruptive behavior at school. We're not saying that there's a direct, and there are gonna be many examples where uh, a child was spanked and none of these things happened. Right. All we're saying is there's a greater likelihood right. that these things will happen. And the, 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 more, the, the more intense, the harsher, the more physical the punishment, the greater the likelihood, right? Okay, and so, um, and that's the first thing. And then the second finding of the study is, it's not associated. Physical punishment is not associated with positive outcomes. Right. Okay? You're going to have you're like more likely to get negative outcomes, and it's not associated. There's very little to suggest that if you spank your child, you're going to get positive outcomes. Right. Whatever you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So so again the if you're looking for any benefit or any rationale for using spanking as a form mm -hmm. of discipline, just those first two should rule, rule spanking out. Right. Um, and, and there's five more. <laughs> there, there are five right. other. Uh, if you need more, right. Right. And, and the third one is maybe perhaps obvious. And that is that you're, you're at much greater risk for the involvement of child protective services. Right. Um, and, and that, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, but, but people should be aware that that's, you know, the research does support that that's going to happen or you're at greater risk for that happening. Exactly. Right. And then a fourth is uh, why are kids getting spanked? They're getting spanked for externalizing behaviors. Right. 
what we have to remember is that there are internalizing behaviors and there are externalizing behaviors. And physical punishment is associated more with externalizing behaviors. You know, kids who will be argumentative, kids who will physically do something, uh, hit, bite, etc. It's more likely to get it for that. But remember, kids also have internalizing behaviors that we need to be aware of. Right. And if kids are externalizing, probably the worst thing you can do is use externalizing punishments to deal with externalizing behaviors. Right. Um, you know, I, well, that child hit me, so I have to hit the child back. Or the child bit me, so I have to bite the child. You're, you're headed in the wrong direction. Right. Okay? So remember that you have both internalizing and externalizing. Right. The, the, the fifth is um, kind of delves into the world of um, uh, research methodology just a little bit, but, but, it, but it is important. And that is that, you know, when they look at the, the, the effects of physical punishment, predicting a worsening of the child's behavior right. over time, this is a result of looking at what they call quasi experimental studies. And, and what that, you know, sort of the, the, abridged um, version uh, or explanation of what that means is that, you know, when we think about research studies that compare two groups, one of the things we do is we try to make um, compare groups that are different in some way. And so like, if we're looking at a medication, we'll give one group, the actual medication, we'll give the other group, the, the placebo and the, the participants have no idea if they're getting the real medication or the placebo. And then we give it to them over time and we see how it changes their behavior or changes whatever symptom we're looking for. With quasi-experimental studies, we can't have that, it means that we can't have that kind of control. And so instead, people go into groups based upon what they're already doing. And so um, they will enroll these families into the studies. And if the parents say, yes, we use spanking, they go into the spanking group. And if they say, no, we don't use spanking, they go into the non-spanking group, and then they monitor them over time. So the researchers aren't putting them in the research groups that they're in. They're just sort of naturally going into those groups because of what they already do. Um, that was my, that was sort of the quick and dirty uh, for research methodology there for you. Uh, th thank you all for showing up for class today. <laughs> Is this going to be on the test? That's right. Um, but, but th those studies are really good in some ways and they're, they're a little bit limited in other ways because, you know, clearly, um, if the researcher doesn't have control over what group they go in, right. we'll go where they go. Um, but they're really powerful because we can, again, look at the same kids over a period of time. And we can say this group of kids who were spanked are different from this group of kids who were not spanked. And we can That's look right. at those differences. Not every kid, but groups of kids. Right. In, so in general, this is what we're finding. Okay. And we can also put the sixth and seventh uh, findings together. The sixth is it doesn't matter what the child's characteristics or the parent characteristics are. Regardless of child or parent characteristics, the results hold that physical punishment is detrimental to child outcomes. Okay. Whatever else you can say about the race, the age, the background, the religious affiliation, despite all those characteristics, the finding still holds. That's important. And the last one is a dose. There's a dose response relationship. Yeah. And I think what they mean there is that the harsher the punishment, the worse the outcome. Right. Okay. So right. as you get to 
true physical abuse, you increase the likelihood of a, of a detrimental outcome. Right. The, the more often and the more severe the physical punishment, mm-hmm. the more likely the um, negative outcome, the, the worsening of the child's behavior. So, you know, that reminds me of a study that was reported, I think about three years ago, four years ago, may have been longer than that, that, and I, I believe the number's right, 12 spankings a year over a, I think a two year period, there was a study done, it was reported, I think by NIH, National Institutes of Mental, NIMH, um, 12 spankings a year over a several year period resulted in reduced gray matter in the brain. Uh, And so the there are true physical, physiologic, biological effects of, uh, of punishment. I had forgotten about that study, but it was actually reduced gray matter um, that is related to spankings, not, not physical abuse, but spankings. You know, right. the, and I think it was, a, I think it was 12, 12 a year over a two or three year period was enough to do physical damage mm-hmm. to the brain. Man, mm-hmm. I got that many in a week sometimes. So, so just, um, <laughs> it was rough. Um, so despite these um, identified limitations to, you know, spanking, the, the fact that it doesn't help, that it could make things worse and that there's the evidence that it could make things worse for the, for the child is, is you almost, you just can't really argue it, it, the, the research findings are pretty consistent. Right. Despite all of that, it's still a very prevalent use of a form of discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, um, most countries um, still allow it. Um, so, so more than, you know, the vast majority of, of children live in countries where spanking is allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the states in the United States allow it, as you said earlier. And, and, you know, there's still 19 states that still allow schools to paddle. So mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, it, it's still a very common and, and pervasive tool. Yeah. And, and yet the good news is that 62 countries, I didn't know there were that many. 62 countries prohibit the physical punishment of children. There are several European countries. My brother lives in Germany. And he said they're very much more um, opposed there. um, That 62 countries actually prohibit the physical punishment of children, even by parents. And and yet only 13% of the world's children are fully protected from corporal punishment and even more surprising, 31 countries still allow whipping, flogging, and caning, uh, right. caning the stick. Yeah. Um, I talked to a, I have to be careful of identity here, so I'm going to be a little bit vague, but I talked to a person recently who, was, who went to school and taught in a country in Asia, and he was forced to cane his students, to hit them with a stick or lose his job. And they came into his classroom and said, you do this or you're not going to be teaching here anymore. Right. And, and, he, and he left. Um, but he was forced to use a cane on his students and he was teaching young kids right. and they had to use a cane. 
Yeah. Uh, remember reading and writing and arithmetic done to the tune of a hickory stick? Right. Yeah. Hickory stick was a, was a, was a, was a, was a cane, and yeah. that's what we used. Um, and so 31 countries still allow whipping flogging. Uh, Bernie, when, when did the Supreme Court of the United States said you can no longer execute children in this yeah. country? It wasn't long ago. 2003 or 2005. Yeah, early 2000s, yeah. Right. Right. So it's not that long ago. Right. Um, so, um, so there is this commission called the Convention uh, on the Right of the Child um, of the UN General Assembly that says um, corporal punishment and other cruel or degrading forms of punishment um, should be done away with. Corporal punishment should be done away with. That's according to the UN General Assembly, um, rights of the child. Um, and I mention this and because we have, it wasn't that long ago that we were having the same conversation about the rights of racial minorities or the rights of women. Right. You know, it, it's been not long ago where we were talking about the rights of individuals with handicapping conditions, individuals with racial differences and um, gen uh, sex differences. Right. And now we're talking about providing those same rights to children. Right. And some people find that abhorrent. You know, the mere thought that we would give children rights. Well, like it or not, children, right? I think now, currently, children is the next group that we're going to have to begin to recognize that they deserve the same rights as other individuals. You know, well, right, the, the right for protection and the right to, um, you know, the, the right to be to be safe and the right to not be um, not to not be harmed and to 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 not be treated in some of these cruel ways. And you know, people, it doesn't. There's there's not much digging that would need to that one would need to do to find evidence of pretty severe child treatment. Um, and I'm not even just talking about, you know, sexual abuse and things like that. You know, th there are very recent reports of people who, you know, they, they have a child and they lock the child in a room and that child stays in the room their entire life. Um, and so, yeah, there's going to be more and more of a movement in the direction of protecting kids, not just from those really severe, extreme situations, but it's got to it's going to have to include some of these, you know, more commonly used um, forms of discipline and management, because, again, as the evidence continues to mount that it's not effective at some point, somebody's going to have to say, look, we got to stop doing this. It's just got to it has to end. Right. And and children. Like everybody, children deserve uh, the dignity of not being struck by another person hit by another person. We accord that to everybody else. Right. I'm going to accord it to children. Okay. Uh, we acknowledge that children, <laughs> it's not easy being a parent. We all know that. Okay. From birth to the time they leave our homes. Right. It is a tough, tough job. We all get that. But um, that doesn't give you the right, right to treat them differently than you would treat anybody else in your life. Right. Yeah. Um, and so when we get to this, to this last part, um, you know, if you're not going to spank, what else can you do? 
And, and that's the question. Well, if I can't spank, you know, what, what, are my other, what, are my, what are my options? I have to have discipline. We agree. I have to have consequences. We agree. What are my other options? Well, we try to, we acknowledge that parenting is difficult and it requires um, much more time, attention, and thoughtfulness than many parents. And I'm not saying that they're not willing to do it. I think most parents don't realize how that, that these other things exist and all the other things that you can do. I think it's a skill deficit, not a not an attitude deficit. Right. And I and I think that, you know, um, this some of these other things that we're gonna talk, you know, can kind of allude to could be almost another a completely separate podcast because um, you know, when we think about other strategies to use, other other management tools to use, um, you know, you have to think about everything from um, how are you setting up the environment? Um, you know, what That's are right. your expectations? Um, you know, what what are your expectations? And then what kind of tools are you giving the kid to manage those expectations? Right. You know, all of those things come before the behavior even happens. Those are, those are called antecedents. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I agree totally. I, what we do other than punish is at least one more podcast and maybe a series of podcasts yeah. because you have, what do you do with an infant? What do you do with a three-year-old? What do you do with an eight-year-old? Okay. So to introduce that notion, we have narrowed it down to parenting is a series of thoughtful actions and it's as easy as ABC. Think about this, ABC. Okay. So what does the A stand for? The A stands for antecedents. In our business, antecedents are all the things you do before the behavior occurs. Um, and the, your first job is you have to create an environment. What's the environment that you want to live in? Okay, do you want a peaceful, quiet, orderly? You have to decide ahead of time, how do we want to live? You can't have a chaotic environment and get, and get obedience or compliance with punishment. If the environment is chaotic, behavior is going to be chaotic. Okay, so decide what kind of environment you want. Second, have a schedule. Um, in this family, this is how we do things. I, I use the example of, in our family, we went to church every Sunday, usually at the same time. Mm -hmm. We weren't punished <laughs> to go. It's just what you did every Sunday. We went to my grandparents for Sunday dinner at noon. It was, we weren't for Nobody had to apply discipline. It was just what the schedule was. Right. And if you think about that, when do you go to bed? When do you go to sleep? When do you get up in the morning? When do you go to church? You know, what is your weekly schedule? Do you have a weekly schedule? Because kids will adjust to that weekly schedule. If, you, right. if this is what we do, it's like going to school. You know, starting in August, kids are going to get up and they're going to go to school. Right. Okay? It's just what you do. And so you have to set up a household where this is just what we do. Not all families go to church on Sunday mornings. Some go on Friday nights. If you're Jewish, you go on Friday night. Okay. But this is what we do on Friday night. You're not punished to do it. It's just what you do. Right. Now the, the B right. in the ABCs is the actual is behaviors. That's right. What are kids doing? doing? And, and the, the key, I think here, and we, we talk about this a lot in our book, is um, 
is you need to know what is and is not developmentally appropriate. And I right. think that's something that I think a lot of parents really struggle with because especially first time parents or parents, you know, as they're working with their, their oldest child, because what is appropriate for a three-year-old is very different than what's appropriate for an eight-year-old, which is very different than what's appropriate for a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. And, but knowing what is developmentally appropriate is going to allow you to, to gauge, this is something that I need to address and this is something that I don't need to address. This, is, this would be considered misbehavior or, or unusual or abnormal behavior. And this is considered typical behavior. This is something that, you know, maybe I do something about, but I don't have to punish um, this is part of that typical developmental process, but you, you have to know that you have to have that sort of anticipatory guidance. You have to know what it is that is expected and um, what is typical at different ages and at different places and stages of a child's life right. so that you can gauge between what needs to be uh, needs a consequence and what doesn't. Right. Yeah. Because we can say to parents and we've done this, um, these are the things that a child should be able to do by the fifth year of life. These are the things that they should be able to do by age eight. Okay. And, but you have to know what those things are and you accomplish that. So we say to parents, okay, your child should be able to do this by age eight, but you have three years to get there. You don't have to do it right now. You have time to get there. So do it carefully, do it thoughtfully and do it without punishment. There's, Punishment is just a quick and dirty way to be a parent. Right. It, it, it's, it's a quick fix, but that's not what parenting is. Parents not a, it's not a quick fix. It takes years and years and years of thoughtful effort Absolutely. and thoughtful approaches. Right. And um, so, yeah, the, what are we reacting to? It might be age-appropriate behavior. Right. My goodness, you wouldn't want to punish something somebody for age-appropriate behavior. Absolutely. And then the C for the ABCs is the consequence. And you know, the, the idea for consequence, we, we tend to think of consequences as punishment and, yeah. and consequences can be any number of things. Consequence could be, let me teach you something different. Let me show you how to do that. That's a consequence. If you don't know how to add five plus three, and I sit down and show you how to add five plus three, my teaching you is a consequence for you not knowing how to do that. So consequence is just something that happens after the behavior. That's all the consequences. And, you know, I, I know that there's lots that can be talked about with consequences because there's lots of different ways to apply a consequence, but, you know, one of the really critical things I think that parents have to recognize is that many times, most of the time, if not every time, the consequence that you apply to a behavior typically becomes the antecedent for the next behavior. Right. So if your child does something and you say something or you do something as a form of a consequence, your child's going to respond to that, which means that your consequence then becomes the antecedent for the next behavior. That's right. And that's changes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's what you want to break. You want to break that cycle. Right. Because if your consequence is physical punishment, you now are create, you're setting the stage for the child's next behavior. Right. And it might be compliance and it might be fear. And you don't know what the, you don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. You can't predict. Now what these studies say, what, what this study is saying is uh, we would predict that it wouldn't go well. Right. That's what they're saying. Okay. So when you punish a child physically, use physical punishment, 
I don't know what the child's going to do next. Right. Right. They may hit you back. They may cry. They may be afraid. We don't know. Right. Chances are it's not going to go well. Right. What, what this, these research articles, um, research studies mm-hmm. presented in this article suggests is that it's going to lead to, over time, it's going to lead to worsening behavior. Right. Um, right. And so there's pretty strong evidence that that's what it's going to lead to. Right. If we're mm-hmm. not careful. So you know, shifting away, and maybe, and maybe we need to do a, a series of podcasts about developing appropriate consequences, talking about, you know, what are naturally occurring consequences? What are, um, you know, how do you, how do you set up a, a system where you where your child helps you develop consequences for what, for behavior that's problematic. Um, maybe we can set up that over the next couple of weeks and, and do some of those uh, podcasts. So. Exactly. Yeah. I think we, we should probably spend some time doing that. Absolutely. And so we'd love to hear from listeners. Uh, any suggestions that you may have definitely definitely so the link okay. there's a link to a um to an article in the show notes from cnn that kind of summarizes the mm-hmm. the lancet article check it out it's a good it's a good description it has some pretty neat pictures <laughs> old-timey pictures of, of spanking and stuff some of those things are really i mean they're they're hum- uh, they're humorous yeah but yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Don't, don't do, don't do this at home. You know, that's right. So, all right. Well, that is, that's it then for today until next time, stay happy, stay healthy and forget to be afraid. <laughs>